coming back. I I'm pretty good with faces, okay. so okay. Looked familiar. I thought, oh, we've met. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, and it's kind of hard to with the computer stuff too. So that's that's impressive. Um, so yeah, I guess the uh, um, there were a few things I wanted to kind of go over. Um, and, and it's kind of like an interesting mix because um, so um, I am in also involved with the estuary group. So I am an estuary leader with the Van Don crowd. Good. Um, and I'm trying to kind of balance this conversation between promotion of estuary and then also um, like that, usually in these conversations, I know you ask about story. And so I'm willing to share that. And I have some complications with trying to kind of get involved with the whole um, church thing. So I'm trying to make this a balance between promotion of estuary, but also um, like my story, but not letting my ego so much get in the way. So I, hopefully... I, don't, I don't know if it's ego with story, but I, I just found that people, people will care what you have to say if they care a little about you. So if you're thinking that we're going to, I might share this on my channel, then you should probably give us a little bit of background into who you are so that they'll care about what you think. So it's up to you. It's your time. You can do with it as you wish. Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we can start it off and then, um, well, I guess we'll kind of see where things go once we're done. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Okay. So where do you uh, want to begin? You want to begin with you? Tell us about you. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess uh, for me, um, I grew up going to, um, I guess, being in a family with um, people who went to Willow Creek uh, Community oh, yeah. Church. And so that was a part of my upbringing. Um, very nominally, originally growing up, actually, um, I think the biggest part of my initial story is more um less so going to uh, a church environment and more just how do I fit in with the people around me mm -hmm. um I had really good uh really good parents um that provided for me but as far as like the friend thing it wasn't that was much more challenging to me because I didn't have um people that were consistent it was you know, mm. sort of like a, what are you going to give to me in this relationship? And as soon mm. as it's gone, we're going to kind of take from you what we can kind of take. Mm. Um, and so I was always trying to prove myself to others. Um, and um, like, how can I be more popular? Um, you know, how can I take, tell those quick jokes that get people to laugh and, um, you know, I felt like I almost had to like break down this mental barrier of, um, you know, swearing is bad, but we need to say those words quick be, to get the laughs and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess for me, it was all about like proving myself. Um, and it, it just, for me, it wasn't really working. Um, I always wanted to be higher up on that pole. And I just, I guess being an introvert, I wasn't great at doing a lot of those achieving a lot of those goals mm -hmm. um so I was always trying to figure out who am I and that sort of thing um where that started to change is um when I got more involved with uh, Willow and the high school ministries um I had um really some awesome small group people who were able to build into me um I 
felt like at that age, uh, I was able to kind of connect with the faith in a lot, um, in a lot better of a way. Um, you, you just don't have the capacity, I think, as a, um, you know, elementary school kid. Um, and so there was just a lot of more practical ways that everything fit in. Um, and um, basically what I took from that is um, the difference that I could make as a person is I could um, live into the love that I believed God um, portrayed through the Bible and then um, build into the church community around me. Um, and so um, some of the things that just kind of like how that sort of played out. Um, I had some small group leaders that were like, you know, you should know everybody's name here. Um, you know, it's a little Creek is a mega church. They kind of split things off. There were still like 50 students that would go into like a group setting. So you, um, they were like, you know, challenge me and you know everybody's name. Um, through that experience and just kind of learning about people, um, I really learned how, um, the importance of empathy and learning people's stories um, in order to understand, in some sense, like others' metaphorical home. Um, so uh, to give an example, um, you know, I, for me, I was committed to, um, you know, what I was doing within my house group setting. Um, but I learned a lot about um a couple of people who really had a very difficult time there. So uh, one, um, I met this uh, person freshman year who turned out to be this incredibly staunch atheist. Um, and it was through conversations that I learned uh, really sad stories about her dad was a pastor and um, made uh, some bad decisions to not only like cheat on his wife, but to do so with another man. And so it was just like one of those things where it's like, you know, what is this? And um, so like just really, and there was a bunch of other stories of just, you know, being able to really connect with people. Um, I had a few people that were going through, a um, few friends that were going through depressive episodes. And um, so it, I learned basically to listen um, or how to listen to others and to learn what are the things that are driving them. Um, I also learned to kind of challenge myself, um, to be a better person that can do that type of thing, um, as opposed to trying to prove where I was on the social hierarchy with, uh, making fun of people and doing stuff like that. It was more about how can I actually build people up? And like, I, there was a lot of ways that I changed in that. Um, and then, yeah, just really having this awesome, um, group of friends who um, really challenged each other to be better. We did this uh, thing called uh, Steel on Steel as a, like a small group of just basically people that were in my age class and then also uh, who were guys. Um, and we did this thing called Steel on Steel, which is um, kind of as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Um, and the basic premise of it is um, we shared hundred percent of the ten percent of our lives we don't share with other people in that group, and it was really interesting. Oh, um, wow! Yeah, um, and I mean, I, I in some ways I kind of question how much that was, um, <laughs> well, that was 
fully done, but I think we did a pretty good job of it. hundred percent is a lot. hundred percent of anything is a lot. That's true. So <laughs> it's an ambitious um, goal and, and, and it would be, yeah, it's, that's, that's a very, it's a very interesting idea. So good for you. Thank you. Um, and I guess for me, the, uh, um, for me, some of my journey started to change um, again uh, in college. I went to uh, Hope College in Holland, yeah. Michigan, the better uh, Christian Reformed church. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're not Christian. Yeah. They're Reformed. They're oh, Reformed. Okay. Okay. okay, I guess I'm... <laughs> You're smarter than me, Paul. <laughs> uh, but, I um... doubt it. <laughs> Well, you have many more years to work on that. So um, I have had more years, yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, yeah, it was just a, it was an interesting environment um, for a lot of different reasons. I had uh, um, a lot of challenges there that I didn't have in high school. Um, I think there are a lot of challenges to doing Christian community in a Christian community that you don't have in a secular community. Um, I mean, a lot of advantages too, obviously, but um, I guess for me, it was my first time kind of seeing some of the church politics and um, uh, not seeing how interpretations of passages are very different, seeing very different cultures kind of come together and uh, not being so sure on some and um yeah, I guess for me it was very difficult because I had a um, challenging time finding that same sense of home that I had in high school where I was mm. able to invest in people emotionally and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think also going to a private school, it's just people don't necessarily have the same issues that they do coming yeah. from, um, you know, high school. I, had, I was in a high school that was very diverse we had people from all sorts of socioeconomic and yep. and uh what is it like ethnic backgrounds it was very very different um yep. yep um and so for me it was kind of a place where i started to question you know is um through a lot of different experiences is god more than just an emotion um or is God more than something that's just like a voice inside my head? Um, and so uh, for me, it was, um, you know, a very challenging time because I didn't necessarily feel like I had people I could talk to about that. Um, like over a long haul, because those questions really need a lot of time and a lot of, um, I guess, um, lived experience to work through. Um, and, um, for me, um, as those questions started to continue and, um, I still tried to kind of fit in myself with the church, um, there were just, I, I think, um, post-college, a lot of things that just kind of continued to build like a wedge and, um, started putting me outside of that, um, mm. So uh, I wanted, when I finished um, college, I went back and tried to be a small group leader in um, the church I was part of for Willow. And there was just a lot of um, 
I didn't see some of the same things that I had with some of the groups that I was involved with the group that I was a part of. Um, like not that they were, there's anything wrong. It was just very different. Um, and like part of it was kind of like, I, I guess going back there in some sense was trying to figure out how do I fit in? Like, how does my story fit in from before to now and trying to kind of work those things out. Yeah. Um, and so as I started to kind of learn that my theological differences were a little bit different from some of the leaders that were around me and I didn't necessarily have that support. Yeah. Um, and even the people that were like somewhat supportive, they just weren't there when sort of push came to shove. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to kind of figure out how all that would, like, how does this whole thing work? Um, and I, it started to kind of get to a point where I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And so um, one of the people who had been, you know, kind and nice, but wasn't like willing to put in the time to me, um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm started, like, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but I, I guess I sort of kind of like laid the hammer down and I was like, you know, I there's some things I need to talk about. Um, and um, I didn't get really any response from that at all. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like, okay, well, I don't know where I fit in the belief structure. I don't know kind of where I fit in and the emotional connection to um, like what God is sort of a thing is God more than a feeling that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and um, now there's now that, especially because I put this ultimatum down, that's not being resolved. Um, <coughs> there's kind of like this thing where it was uh, me questioning, like, how do I fit into any of this? Mm. Um, and so um basically I kind of like took a step back and um, stopped going to church in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, um, I mean, I don't necessarily know what it is. Like there's still obviously like all those things that were built into me from that high school time, like those are still significant to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know exactly. Um, I guess I'm sort of agnostic about what all those things mean, mm -hmm. but um like, I know that they're important. Mm -hmm. um, and so is that that sort of propelled me into being an estuary leader. Okay. With the Van Donk group. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and I've also been involved a little bit with the Chicago Bridges of Meaning, their uh, yep. group as well. So it's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. And um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Um, How has that been for you? Both uh, the groups. estuary group, both groups? Yeah. Um, you know, they both kind of, um interesting so it's kind of interesting because I, I in some sense i have i consider it three groups there's the chicago bridges of meaning there's the estuary leadership group yep and then there's the um personal estuary group that i've been trying to start um and that's been kind of an up and down sort of thing okay um so um i guess i can kind of just go one by one um so the leadership group that's been really helpful um, because there's some awesome guys there. I um, had the fortune of being in with uh, Nate Heil. Uh, Luke was in with us for a little while. Um, Did Luke had... actually go to an Elsnet meeting finally? <laughs> oh, maybe it's a different Luke. Um, oh, okay. 
uh, Luke Thompson from from uh, Minneapolis because he signed. He was one of the first people to sign up, and he never has never been to a meeting. So, <laughs> okay, Luke, Luke Luke gets his Luke can get that fix in lots of different ways. He's already built his own <laughs> ecosystem. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, but um, yeah, I guess I don't know Luke. I, I haven't been really on the uh, bridges of meaning all oh, that much. Fine. But that's fine. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, but it's just been an awesome experience being able to kind of um, learn different perspectives, see everybody building each other up. Um, and it is very refreshing because I feel like a lot of times when I talk to um, my friends about, you know, where I'm at, they like, they kind of want to get their propositions out and want me to kind of believe the propositions that they were grown up with and, um, or at least that they believe now and, I, I just don't really have interest in that game because um, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how people work. Um, at least now, I probably would have thought that before, but just where I've been. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, like I guess for me, what Estuary is, is a bunch of people that are willing to build each other up, um, mm -hmm. ask questions, um, probe into things and um you know a group that's trying to create something together and we're not exactly sure how to define that um i don't know that we ever will be mm -hmm. um but we do know that we're trying to create some sort of structure that has the ability to um fight nihilistic thinking and um yeah i think that's important for where we're at in this so-called uh, meaning crisis <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's it's interesting because, I mean, you're at a you're at an interesting nexus because the Chicago Bridges of Meaning group is, I guess, one of these legacy groups that predate the estuary movement, mm -hmm. and Vendank, of course, was right there at the beginning, but he has developed Elsnet, which is a really cool network online, mm -hmm. in order to support local groups. And you've got a local group that you're building. So you're kind of nicely involved at different levels. And the Chicago group, who's, you know, they've already put on two little conferences and they're thinking about a third, which is a, which has some, you know, some high profile people. Of course, Sam from Transfigured is one of the key leaders there. And they've got another, they've got a number who have showed up on channels um, here or there. And so they've been a, an interesting group and what's what what fascinates me by the development of this is how each group is not unlike churches each group is unique yeah. they do different things they serve different needs they accomplish different things and and so you've had a chance to sort of you know see all of them and you know i don't know if you want to tell tales or name names but it's it is interesting to me because I've, you know, I've, I've got my Sacramento estuary. We have a second Sacramento estuary group that has a different leader than I also another Christian reformed church minister. And, um, and so it's been, it's been very interesting for me seeing the kinds of um, things that have arisen from these different groups. And again, sort of like churches, every single different group is going to be different and mm -hmm. because of leadership, because of context, because of the history of that group. So it's a fascinating thing to watch it develop. Yeah. Um, 
And, and yeah, I, I would say the um, Elsnet group for us tends to be much more centered around like uh, religious topics and, um, you know, how every, because a lot of us just come from different faith backgrounds. Um, the Chicagoland, I would say that tends to, um, there, there is some of that, it tends to be a little bit more right leaning. Um, a little bit more political? Yeah, in some ways. Um, That's because of Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Hank can't keep the politics out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's interesting too because we've had uh, some people who um, there there was one person who came in. He was, um, I guess, a big person in um, conservative talk radio, um, and I think there's just. I don't know why it just tends to be, you know, when I guess we also talk a lot about Jordan Peterson and that sort of thing. And so it tends to be more of a, um, in some ways, a, this corner of the internet, Jordan Peterson, and it was tied to, uh, I forget what it was, the, um, when Weinstein and Harris and all of them were together, that was all kind of like influenced by that too. Um, and they're also and then, not really following the estuary protocol. <laughs> I think they laughed at the problem. <laughs> I think they laughed at it. But the, the part of the wisdom of the protocol is what will naturally happen. And I saw this in my local Sacramento group to a degree. What will naturally happen in a group is if you've got some strong personality and the things that they care about, the group can very interest easily sort of become an interest group around those topics. Yeah. And if you sort of stick to the estuary protocol, those topics can come up. That's fine. But mm -hmm. I think it'll tend to self-regulate better with respect to the interests of the people around the table. Yeah. And, you know, it's been kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I, I say they laugh, but they, they respect it respectfully are doing so. And, um, you know, I think in some ways they do serve some purposes and have some advantages over the protocol too, because um, the protocol it's hard to find that thing like um, that holds everything together. Yep. Um, whereas when you have a group that surrounds something, you know, you can name it, you can say, this is what we're doing. And it makes sense because we're doing the protocol yep. that, I mean, not the estuary protocol, but our protocol. Um, and so it attracts less diversity, but sometimes that can be a good thing. Yep. 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 And, and that's, what's lovely about an ecosystem is that, there's there's lots of different it's 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 niche development niche or niche mm -hmm. i don't know which one it's niche development where you want you want people who are a little more political and you want people who are a little more religious and you want people who are a little bit more uh, tougher to track you want all of those in your ecosystem because then you can actually be helpful to a broader range of people yeah definitely um and yeah, it's just, it's interesting just to see how everything is developing too, because um, they are, um, the Chicago land is much more about focusing on big things and like trying to get into the politics, trying to put on big, you know, events. Um, and then the one that I'm personally leading is just very small, like, what are we going to do for each other? And um, that, that's actually been on hold for a bit because uh, it's been I struggle to kind of find the number of people that can meet consistently. Yep, yep, um, yep. But it's um, that that's kind of where I want it to be on the level that I want it to be. Um, but 
Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things um, I thought maybe you would be a good person to talk to about this is um, learning, I guess, my story and saying, you know, I'm kind of doing this alternative thing to uh, quote unquote, you know, church. Um, in some ways, I think that makes a lot of the uh, Christians around me a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, just like, you know, um, I, I tried uh, kind of promoting it with um, some people in leadership and then just also uh, some friends um, and didn't necessarily get the receptivity that this was something that they wanted to, you know, put forward or put resources, either put resources towards if they're on the leadership end or, you know, what is this thing? And um, is it just anybody gets to do whatever they want and that sort of thing? And I think that's, um, there might be some fears in that. Um, and it's kind of hard for me to speak to it from, um, I think my uh, background, just because there are some divides and where those beliefs and um, I guess, um, I don't, I don't know if I want to say covenant, but like, um, you know, what you would put in your church mission statement. Um, there are some differences there and I think that maybe turns some people off. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to maybe use this as potentially a, you know, this could be a video that um, I could share and say, you know, this is what estuary is. This is maybe Paul, you are a pastor um, in the Christian Reformed Church. Um, so, you know, this is your perspective on it and maybe you can reach some people that I can't. Um, but also what is this, what, what does this mean for, um, you know, people who aren't in churches at all and how can they be involved with this? Yeah. It's, it's very broad, as you said, and, and breadth has its downside because, um, you know, a group, a, a church that is passionate about one little thing can be very strong because they're passionate about that one little thing. It could also be very narrow because the number mm -hmm. of people that are passionate about that one little thing, I mean, even, even just Sam in Chicago, he's, you know, he's a passionate non-Trinitarian. And so he's passionate, <laughs> but he's a passionate Christian in many ways, evangelical non-Trinitarian. That's a really small group. <laughs> you know, it's a very yeah. small group and, and it can be a very powerful group because you get dynamics in the ecosystem where if you're going to survive at all, you've got to sort of be rigorous and focused. And in, in a global stage, in some ways, I've been reading a history of the Jews. The Jews have sort of a, a arrived at that. I was just before this conversation. I mean, usually I I do these randos conversations in pairs. And the person I was talking to before, I, I doubt that. I doubt that we'll share that video because it was quite a bit more personal, which about half of my randos conversations are. And um and you know he we talked about all of the sort of christian deconstruction things that are going on and he's he grew up in a more fundamentalist church and now he's going to a uh sort of a, a non-denominational church that is sort of reformed baptist both of them were, were large churches let's see four-figure churches and He's wrestling with all the, you know, and and he started, he, he actually started listening to Sam Harris because he was watching Christian atheist debates and he was a committed Christian and began listening to the, some of the arguments from the atheists is like, well, those aren't dumb arguments, those, you know, and, and so, yeah. but the, but he, you know, he's a, he's a married man with children and yeah. everyone's happily embedded in the church and he's got these questions and 
where do you go? What do you do? And he said, you know, I, 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 I you know, you know, may, should I talk about these questions with my elder? So it's kind of a, in a reformed church, you sort of have elder districts. And so the lay, your lay elder is kind of a go-to person, but he's hesitant to do so, which I totally understand because you could, you could raise for yourself a world of trouble if you get the wrong elder or the wrong pastor and start asking the wrong questions. And then suddenly the whole church starts focusing on you with all of these things. And it's like, you know, even if your desire is to sort of have a community to work through these questions together, I pointed him to Elsnet and said, you know, here's the website, click on that. And you might want to, you know, look into that group because he's in a, he's in an area and he needs to have, conversations that he can't have in church at mm -hmm. least as in the way that the church is configured because the church is very focused and concentrated on one very good thing and it's a thing that i'm very you know i'm a reformed pastor i'm a calvinist pastor you know i i want to see all this stuff supported and affirmed and yada 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 but not everyone is equipped to well sam harris said this and you know, I didn't necessarily think that the 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 Christian answer to Sam Harris necessarily worked that well. And then I started looking into these things. I started looking into these things, and and so he's and and this is what I, I said to him basically. I said this is part of the reason that I've been promoting these estuary groups because how this usually works in your church goes like this: a guy like him. You know, he by virtue of his job or whatever, you know, he finds Joe Rogan or YouTube or whatever, questions start to arise. Now, you got lots of YouTube channels that are just sort of answer channels. Oh, Sam Harris is stupid for all these reasons. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're not finding those reasons terribly convincing. And you're finding Sam, some of Sam Harris's reasons more convincing. Where do you process this? With whom do you process this? Because where and with whom is going to have probably a pretty determinative um, influence on where you end up. Mm -hmm. And there are better and worse places to process this. And part of the problem with YouTube answer channels is they're all answer and no process. Mm -hmm. And reality is complex enough that people need process space. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Churches are always going to be happy where the people end up because that's just a reality. And, and I, I fully get that. And I accept the, the, I accept the, the challenge and the dangers of that. But I think actually the estuary process is better than the alternative, which is he's just doing it all on his own. And yeah. Not only is he, you know, maybe not getting the best quality answers, but what he's also getting is a sense of isolation. And some of what you talked about earlier in this video, a sense of isolation. And, and actually the way human beings work, that isolation is more deadly than the quality of the answers. Because we're mm -hmm. finally... We care about attachment. We care about relationships. We need we we 
we believe the people we trust often more than the quality of the answers. And so if you really want to help people in with my agenda, let's say, you know, help people stay knitted together in Christ, build communities for them that have the relational quality that I think, in my opinion, theologically, the church was always supposed to deliver anyway. And in fact, generally speaking, the churches, the best foot forward that the church puts forward is not are not the answers to these abstract questions, but the quality of relationships. That's why gangs work. Gangs have terrible answers, but they work. Why? Because they build relationships. Cults have terrible answers. I mean, look at look at Scientology. I mean, this stuff is nuts, and it's made up by a science fiction writer, and it's there for all of us to see. Why does it work? The quality of the relationships. And so if churches really want to be smart about shepherding their flock, they're going to need to build places to have a quality of relationship where people can engage in these difficult things. And so I'm not saying estuary is perfect or foolproof. And I think the what we talked about already is an example of the fact that it's enormously complicated, that different groups and different people and different leaders, they're going to have different emphases and there's going to have some different outcomes in there. But again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not evaluating estuary against the ideal. I'm evaluating estuary against the competition. And I'm saying, I'm not going to make better the enemy of the good. Um, because the perfect group and the perfect church, you will not find. I just know yeah. that. <laughs> so there's there's a spiel for you. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how that lands with you, but there's a, there's a spiel. No, I think that was good. Um... And yeah, I just, I, I wonder too, because I mean, there's a lot of people, um, our corner of the internet is sort of focused on, um, you know, they have the, uh, we kind of say it, the three and the one P where there's the propositional, perspectival, and how all those other ones, um, perspectival, uh, I, I'm terrible at remembering the names of them. Maybe you can help me out, but. Um, Participatory, yeah, procedural, proposition, and perspectival. And I've you know, I've and been living with them for a few years and they're getting they're getting more helpful in my model the more I use them. I just did a video on it today, so that was helpful too. So um yeah, and like you know, that's where the propositional, the perspectival, um I forget the last one, but those those are where all the belonging happens. It's not in the propositional um necessarily. And so, you know, in many ways the degree to which churches thrive is how they build into those other three um not so much the dogmas like the dogmas kind of help me filter the cognition so everybody can kind of move in a certain direction but the degree to which i mean i'm sure as a pastor many people in your church don't get the uh, propositional nearly as right as you would like them <laughs> oh my church is so non-propositional people stay here because they love each other yeah, there's some propositional floating around in there, but they they are 
They have relationships. There's the glue of the church. Not saying the propositional isn't important, but again, yeah, for sure. you, you can see a lot of strong groups with horrible propositions. And then they last. And that's the point. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm also kind of imagining um, like all, all this um, so far, I think, has been really good. But I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I've heard Brandon's story. I don't really connect with that. I heard Paul, what he's doing with his whole um, pastor thing. And I don't really care about Christianity and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, what it, what is this uh, meaning crisis? And, you know, like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of living my life. And, um, you know, what, what are we, what, what are the other things that we're doing here? So I, I guess for me, um, I don't know. I, I like, I guess there's so many different ways that people can come to this. Um, but uh, one of the things that really does concern me right now is just this back and forth in politics and um, all this, um, how people are just kind of really accusing other sides and it, it's not really this healthy thing. And then the places that we can go to are for, to get our news are, you know, and many ways commodifying viewership and um you know Ravaki talks about this whole where do you go to for wisdom and um I, I would like to imagine that uh estuary can be something like that um but yeah i guess i'm just trying to figure out how like how do we kind of um promote this for people who are outside of you know the groups that we kind of talked about already well it's hard to promote it for people who aren't going to watch the video <laughs> well, <laughs> that's miss the promotion <laughs> but i i know i think you're right and you know one of the key so i i i've you know i've watched up to episode three of after socrates and and john in you know, in a few places now has talked about the fact that in one of one of Plato's um, Socrates, um, one of Plato's, Socrates dialogues, there's a, um, you know, there, there's all these generals who want to raise their sons and they want to, their sons to have courage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they do all this thinky talky stuff about courage, which is good. You know, it's good. You know, we still have it because it's it's good. But finally, they send their son to live with Socrates to learn courage. Because we can learn, we can learn courage by sort of vicariously watching stories and movies and on YouTubes and following people on YouTube, but it's it's in real life, it's in real relationships, it's in face-to-face -face relationships where the power is. Because it's one thing to think a lot of courageous thoughts and have a lot of courageous feels when you're watching a movie or watching a YouTuber. It's another thing when stuff is right here. That's where courage is measured. And so it is going to be in the face-to-face -face relationships. In the in real life, 360-degree relationships where the true formation is going to happen. And we're, we're still feel, figuring out, you know, we've had text with us for a few thousand years. We've had the printing press with us for 500 years. We've had video content with us for 
less than 100 years, and we've had democratic video, which is YouTube, for even shorter. So we have no idea, really, how this stuff plays out. We haven't even had it for a generation. But I think we can say that it's the in-real-life formation. I mean, if you were... I mean, they, they already know this about babies. I mean, look at what happened with the, the Romanian orphanages that, you know, you can have, you can put a baby in a bassinet and you can give it food and um, you can keep it warm and dry and it will die. You know, the, the Jesus first temptation, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, we might also say, Babies will not live by food alone, but by care and attention and love and physical contact. And without those things, infants die. And without those things, children are malformed in a permanent way that they will never fully recover from their whole life long. And so you, if, if people are, I mean, this is in some ways part of the, you know, the whole grim grizz channel i was watching grim this morning um you cannot be nurtured by a computer screen it's going to form you it's going to shape you and you can get some good things from it i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't believe that to a degree but it's your in real life relationships that are categorically different and we're mm -hmm. really finding that out about children now because you know, what COVID did and COVID isolation. And um, there's, you know, my wife is an elementary school teacher and it is not good what happened with all of that isolation because of COVID. And children, yeah. you know, they're figuring not out. So just children. <laughs> yeah, not Everybody. just children. <laughs> and so I, and you know, the guy I just finished talking to in the Randall's conversation, I made the point that it's awfully nice to have a, you know, consumerism is all about having a ready, a ready service provider for a need that you have. And so if you live in a city, if you live in a populated area, the chances are someone might have be addressing a niche or a need that you have. But for many of us, and even if you live in an urban area, for many of us, it's more like so I just finished watching 1883, one of these Yellowstone stories, and it's basically about this family on the Oregon Trail. Well, if you're a pioneer and a homesteader, you're going to have to go out and guess what? You're not going to eat grass with the buffalo. You're going to have to grow a garden. You're going to have to, and it's, you know, what, you're been, what you've been doing, and it's really hard. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to develop around you the niche, the niche. And you're going to have to, and this is what human beings do, and you're going to have to furnish it and you're going to have to cultivate it because the truth is you can't just buy it because you can't purchase people. You're going to have to grow your friendships and what you're, you know, it's just like a marriage relationship or a child. Mm -hmm. You have to grow together and that's how human beings are. And so, estuary is one way to pursue that. So I think what you're saying is, um, and Within the estuary protocols, um, there is an opportunity to, for people to basically put forward what is important to them. Um, so, so you almost have to cultivate that habit of listening where you can 
understand where people are at and what's motivating them and what's driving them. And then you have the opportunity in some ways to live into that and live into that relationship with that person. And um, I think what you're saying is that the fruits of that is is really what is going to create communities for people that are meaningful and, um, you know, that isn't just like your uh, sports team on a weekend where you don't really have to get to have those meaningful conversations. I'm not going to say anything against the sports teams. They're powerful. But not every sports isn't isn't for everyone. That's true too. Yeah. And and these and I mean so bowling alone, Putnam's book, you know, a generation ago, that identified part of the problem. America was a a nation of groups and subsidiary institutions. And what's been happening is we've been hollowing out the middle. And part of what we've, why we've been doing that is we've been replacing it with screens and first mass media, now social media. And it has an ability to do some of that. It's sort of like eating junk food. You know, a, a bag of, I like a bag of potato chips as well as the next guy. I really do. But you can't live on potato chips all the time. And that's kind of what these screens are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's putting in the work to actually develop something that is more substantive and um, nourishing. Yeah. And what, what, what that is, is kind of hard to define exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I was a psychology major and I've learned a lot from John's work and like all the levels that you have to kind of look at to say, you know, this is what you're putting forward. Um, it's it's a challenge <laughs> we struggle with it all the time in estuary as to what we're doing so yeah. um yeah but the work i think once you go through it it does i, I believe it speaks for itself that's i guess why i'm an estuary leader but... <laughs> that's that's exactly why you're an estuary leader you found it valuable and nutritious for you and and i i really try to calibrate this for people because so there's so much promotion that happens on these screens that people when they listen to me they almost always think well estuary is the new snake oil estuary is the new magic mop estuary and i said no estuary is not the new magic mop it's not the new snake oil it's a tool you know it's like it's like a spade a spade is a lousy hammer it's a lousy axe it's a spade for it could do something pretty well. And some people have real need of a spade and other people have, they're doing pretty good with their hoe. <laughs> but um, it's estuary isn't the be all and end all, but it's a really good tool that I think churches could use. And I think other people can use to, to garden on the frontier. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I'm trying to think of anything else that I have. Um, but I appreciate you being generous with your time. Do you have any questions for me, Paul? Cause I, well, I was just like really interested to hear. Um, I was just really interested to hear the, the pros and cons of, because you're, you're a little unique in that 
you've got some experience with the Chicago meetup and I'm not asking you to throw friends under the bus, yeah. uh, the Chicago meetup of the ElseNet and also your local group. And I'm, you know, so two of those three are local and you've, you've already said a lot. And it, from what I know of the Chicago group, it, it makes perfect sense. And that's why, you know, I'm interested in any other any other things you'd like to say about your experience of of different groups, because, you know, even in Sacramento, I'm really happy we have two different groups right now. And there was a mm -hmm. couple that came and visited church on Sunday who came through the channel and everything. And I, they had never heard of Estuary. So I talked to them about Estuary and, you know, you know, how many times do you meet a month? Well, this group meets month and that group meets once. So between the two of them, so the hardcore estuary people, they got twice a month, they can hit one in Sacramento. If we get two more groups, we'll probably have one a week that you can, that people can hit. But for many people, once a month is about right. And so, you know, it's, it's very difficult sort of hitting all of the layers for different people. So I didn't know if you had any other reflections on what you've seen from the different. Yeah groups um yeah so from the chicago group um like i, I did say they were kind of politically and I, I would consider leaning towards one side um but I, and i was kind of curious too when i first started there i was like you know what is this group what are they about um and uh one i'll share a cool story from them um so they meet in a public library uh, once a month and um after um i think one or a couple times we decided to go to the spa and um, there was a there was some local there that was very opinionated, very far left, and talking about um, oh you believe this, you guys are trash, you're garbage, and they, I, I will say the people that were there they were so well mannered, and in the Chicagoland bridges of meaning they were very well mannered, and um, were able to kind of build a relationship with this girl where every time we kind of go there um, and we see her we'll play darts and stuff and. Um, she's a little, you know, in interesting and, um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of this cool thing where, you know, as much as it, they do have their propositional stuff going on there, they also walk the walk. And so yep. that's really yep. encouraging. And that's what so. I would expect from them. Just knowing them. Yep. Doesn't surprise me a bit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's really important for where we're going. And as far as like building communities, how are we going to you know, navigate a lot of these challenges that we are facing. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I guess, happy to be a part of groups that are fostering those sorts of things. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brandon, this has been wonderful. What a great idea. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. And appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for posting that hour I, that I was able to like snag. It's yeah, not easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy to get a rando slot. I've been thinking about that and trying to find some other ways. So besides just, I mean, yeah, well, you, have your, you have to focus on your church too, which, you know, we're glad that we have you for when we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to, I have to figure this out. So anyway, thank you, Brandon. Delight talking to you. And I'll, I'll post this probably pretty soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Bob. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.